Yo, 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 what is up? Welcome to church. For those of you tuning in online today, can we make some noise? Woo! Got some staff and friends and family in the room to help make service happen today. And today is an epic day because today we are broadcasting live from the stage at Stone Creek. This is a real thing, baby. No second takes, no video editing magic, no teleprompter, just your boy in the flesh. Hope I remember how to do this thing. For those of you guys tuning in at um, 11 o'clock today, we just wanna say welcome. So pumped that you're here for church. And uh, we're broadcasting live today because next week, September the 20th, drum roll please. We are opening up our building, make some noise. Let us know in the comment section how pumped you are to join us back together, have church in person, socially distances services will be happening at Stone Creek next Sunday. And we would love for you to join us. You can find out all the need to know info online at stonecreek.church. We hope to see you there. I mean here, where we are right now. Y'all ready for this? So unbelievably pumped. If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Um, today we wrap up a collection of talks titled Just a Thought. Let me hear you say just a thought. Type it in the comment section, just a thought. Now never say just a thought again. Saying just a thought is such a destructive thought. If we've learned anything from this series, it's that our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Thoughts aren't just anything Thoughts are everything. The thoughts that we think become seeds that get planted in our lives and shape the kind of people that we become. And so what I wanna do is I wanna close out this series today by trying to help us think differently. Um, the book of Romans, particularly chapter 12, has some of the most significant verses surrounding Christian thought life in the entire Bible. If you aren't familiar with Romans chapter 12, verses one through two, I encourage you getting a little note card, writing those verses on it, putting it in your pocket, never letting it go, okay? Like you should memorize, you should familiarize yourself with Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. They're some of the most foundational verses on thought life for followers of Jesus in the entire Bible. If you study the book of Romans, you will see that for the last 11 chapters, the Apostle Paul has taught a masterclass on Christianity. The book of Romans is the most in-depth picture of the Christian worldview in the entire Bible. For 11 chapters, Paul outlines the story of Jesus. He shows us the gospel. He makes the connection between the Old and the New Testament. He tells us what sin is and how salvation works. And after taking 11 chapters to put the pieces of the puzzle of Christianity together, he transitions from truth to thought. He transitions from what? from belief to behavior, from what we're to believe to how we should think and live. And this is what he says, Romans chapter 12, verse one. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. He's saying for the last 11 chapters, I've poured out my heart. I've poured out my pen and trying to tell you about God's mercy, about God's grace, about God's goodness, about the patience of God and the kindness of God that is found in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And in light of that, and in light of everything I've told you for 11 chapters, I'm asking you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
And this is where we'll focus in today. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to preach a message for you today titled Factory Reset. Factory Reset. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the gift of this time. Holy Spirit, we invite you into these moments that we share together. We invite you into 13540 Highway 9 North, this building, Stone Creek Church. But God, we also invite you into the church. We invite you to, into the homes and into the living rooms, through the laptops and phones and computers and televisions of every person watching. And God, we just pray that you would help us think different today that you'd help, us, help teach us what it means to have this renewed mind that you say is possible for us to have in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that we would think differently today, and I pray in your beautiful name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Hey, can we just all agree that technology is crazy? Y'all agree that technology is crazy? Like, what if the last great event of 2020 was a Terminator takeover? Like it would just kind of be par for the course at this point, right? Like pandemics, murder hornets, Terminator takeover. Like somebody call Sarah Connor. Like technology is crazy. If you want to be mind blown by how integrated into our life technology has become, just take a look at your at-home Wi-Fi network. Check and see how many devices are connected to that thing. It'll stress you out real quick, okay? We got all the gadgets, y'all. I'm talking we got phones, tablets, computers, thermostats, DJ Roombas, right? DJ Room was a vacuum cleaner for those of you who don't watch Parks and Rec. We have so many gadgets that are connected to our Wi-Fi network. We are so dependent upon technology. Now, I don't know about you, but it drives me crazy when technology doesn't work right. Anybody with me? Like when tech doesn't work right, it drives me crazy. And we've all had that happen before, a time when a device doesn't work right. We had it at the 9.30 service this morning. Technology didn't work right. I had to do a service reset, try it again at 11 o'clock. We've all had it before. A device is buggy. It's glitchy. It doesn't do what you tell it to do. Won't connect, won't connect to the Wi-Fi. Anybody get stressed out when your Wi-Fi is slow? Like, man, if like my rake breaks, I'm like, I guess it was just your time to return to the earth. But if my Wi-Fi doesn't connect, it's like War War III, y'all, Okay. Like when my iPhone freaks out, I just lose my mind. I absolutely lose my mind. A, a while ago, recently, um, my iPhone screen was going black. It's not black right now, I have a text message, but it was going black, like I couldn't see anything. And I, I needed to reset my Wi-Fi or I needed to reset my phone. And um, do you know how difficult it is to reset a phone when your screen is black? The screen was black, the phone was working, Siri worked. Um, I was getting little vibrations. I could hear the sound when I would get a text message, but I couldn't see anything on the screen. And so I had to reset my phone. It's like, it's like trying to detonate a bomb resetting your phone, okay? What I had to do is I had to press the down volume button four times. Then I had to hold the um, up volume button in the home screen at the same time for seven seconds, turn around and do the hokey pokey, okay? It was like, am I resetting a phone or casting a demon out of this thing? Right, but, but here's the crazy thing is that it worked. It worked. I reset my phone and all of a sudden the screen started working. Sometimes when a device isn't working, what you've gotta do is you've gotta reset it to the factory settings. And don't you know the same thing is true in the life of a Christian? Sometimes you've got to reset your mind to transform your life. 
you want to change your life, you have to reset your mind. Many people have broken lives. They've got broken behaviors because they have broken mindsets, and they have broken mindsets because their minds are set on broken things. You see, Paul's trying to tell us to pay attention. He's saying, do not be conformed to this broken world. Paul knows that conformity is normal. Conformity is natural. Conformity is your default setting. If you do not pay attention intentionally, you will drift into conformity. Don't believe me? See Genesis 3 where Eve eats apple and Adam follows Eve. Like how easy is it to just think what everybody else thinks? Have you ever noticed how influenced your thoughts are by the people that you are around? You're so influenced by the people that you surround yourself with. Very easily and very quickly, you will start to think and believe the way that the people around you are thinking and believe. You know, this happened before. You've got a group of friends who just, man, they start to say something casually that two weeks ago you thought was crazy. And all of a sudden you're like, maybe, maybe, like maybe I'll be an anti-vaxxer. Maybe I'll go vegan. Maybe, like who knows, right? Very quickly, our thoughts just have this go with the flow mentality. And Paul is pleading with us because he knows that way too many of us are way too relaxed with our thought life. Most of us think about our thought life like a lazy river. We just kind of go where our thoughts take us casually not really giving much thought to it when we should be thinking about our thoughts like a class five a rapid that's about to get a surprise visit from shark nato like you got to start thinking for your life thought life is not child's play it is mind games that can hijack your life if you don't aggressively and consistently update reset renew how you think You'll just sync up to whatever's going on around you. Some of you have let your thoughts get connected to the wrong network. It happens so quick now, we don't even realize it. Do you remember how difficult it used to be to get connected to somebody's Wi-Fi network? Like you'd go over to their house and you'd ask them their network name and you'd find out their network name. You'd have to scroll through this really long list and then you'd find it and then you'd have to ask them for their password and their password was like some secret code that was going to like detonate like the Mission Impossible bomb. It was always some weird combination of letters and numbers. It it was like, you know, star, nine, F, at sign, P, Q, delta, foxtrot, uppercase, nine. I don't even have an uppercase nine. Like what is happening? How easy is it to connect to someone's Wi-Fi now? You go over to their house and you're like, hey, what's your Wi-Fi? You kind of click on the network and then they hit that share password thing. It pops up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That share Wi-Fi. Every time it happens, I'm like, God's real. Okay, like miracle from heaven. I love it. It's so easy. You can connect so quickly to someone's Wi-Fi network. All they got to do is share it. Don't you know that all it takes is for someone to share something on social media for you to get connected to the wrong network real quick? You ever been happy one minute and then angry three minutes later and not known why? It's because you got connected to the wrong network and you didn't even know it. We have this habit of allowing the things that we see to be able to grab our minds and take us to a place that we would have never wanted to go. You know, thoughts, thoughts are like a train. They are taking you somewhere. 
You've got to start determining that I'm not getting on that train of thought because I don't want that destination for my life. I'm not getting on that depressing train of thought. I'm not getting on that selfish train of thought. I'm not getting on that arrogant train of thought. I'm not getting on that comparison train of thought because I know where it's going to take me. I'm not going to start to allow my life to sync up to the world's understanding of success. I'm not going on that train of thought. I'm not going to let my train of thought sync up to the world's understanding of sexuality. Like, I don't need to watch the Netflix show Cuties to realize that there is something that is happening there that is trying to pervade my thoughts and erode at the innocence of children. I'm not syncing up to that. I don't need to. I don't need to allow those trains of thoughts to take me to a place where I arrive at a destination for my life that I would have never wanted to be at. I'm not going there. This is why so many of your identities feels connected to Instagram and you can't stop scrolling. Your soul is synced up to it. And this is why so many of your purposes feel connected to your profession and you can't stop working. You're synced up to it. This is why right now the way that you're thinking about how you're voting is connected to what's viral and you can't stop posting about it because you're synced up to it. And what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to tell us that when you wire yourself to the ways of this world, you fall into an earthly pattern of thinking. And the scriptures are pleading with us, don't just adopt the conventional thought patterns of the people you are around. Don't let man make up your mind. Don't just go with the flow of society. Don't let your mind be made up by man. Don't catch the culture of fear and division and anger that is so pervasive right now. Reset, rewire, renew your mind to transform your life. Some of you have found yourself in thought prisons that only the promises of God are gonna be able to break you out of. Like, I've got these thoughts that go through my mind all of the time, like, it doesn't matter. I hear that all the time, it doesn't matter. Nobody's even going to care. You're too late, should have done it early. All these lies, all these prisons that just, they just pop up all the time. Where do they come from? Why are they there? It's because your, your brain is like a computer that has been programmed with lies for a lifetime. And it's about time that you start rewriting the code of your mind with the truth of God's word instead of the lies of this world. It's about time that you start filling your mind with so much of God's truth that there becomes no more space for the lies. I love this verse, John 8, 32. In John 8, 32, Jesus says this. You cannot miss this part today. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Think about this. It's only the truth we know that sets us free. The level of freedom you experience cannot surpass the truth that you know. You getting to the next level in your life cannot happen until you download the truth that you need for it first. 
Like this should be a call for all of us to factory reset, to know that there is freedom that is available for each and every one of you that you can't tap into until you know the truth for it first. That there's truth in the pages of this scripture that would access freedom for each and every one of you, but you're not tapping into that freedom because you haven't tapped into the truth first. You will know the truth and then the truth will set you free. That should make us way more passionate about renewing our minds. That should make us way more passionate about consuming truth. That should create in us a hunger and a thirst for the word of God that pushes everything else out and that pulls his word in. The only way to renew our mind, the only way to get to this point is where we start to make the Bible primary and make the Bible significant and make the Bible foremost and utmost in our life. This is an owner's manual, yo. Like when a device isn't working, you might go to the owner's manual to try to reset it and fix it. And when your life isn't working, this should be the first place you go. You know, your life also might not be working because before you set your life up, you did not refer to this owner's manual, how it was supposed to work, how you were supposed to do marriage, how you were supposed to do money, what the settings were for parenting, what the settings were for your finances, what the settings were for when you get stressed. What, you didn't refer to this. And so now everything's out of whack because you haven't referred to this word of God. You know, a renewed mind is so important because a renewed mind creates good news for people with broken marriages and broken lives who feel like they're living in broken promises, who've got broken dreams because a renewed mind can create a renewed marriage. A renewed mind can create renewed passion. A renewed mind can create renewed perspective. A renewed mind can create renewed optimism, renewed strength, renewed bravery. Read the Bible so that it renews you every day. Meditate on it, study it, apply it to your life. And hey, just a little side note, like when, when you read this thing to renew you, read it so that it renews you and not so that it justifies you. Read it so that it renews you and not so that it justifies you. The scripture says, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not confirmed by the reading of a verse out of context. Okay? Like if you don't stop trying to make the scripture say what you want it to say, it's never gonna start changing you into who God wants you to be. If you won't come to this with this humility, with this eagerness to learn and to be taught and for your mind to be renewed, not made up, but placed before God so that he can mold it, then you're never going to be made new. Be a person who thinks outside the box, but don't be a person who thinks outside the Bible, okay? The Bible... The scripture says you don't have to renew, remove your mind to be a Christian. There's a popular belief that says that, right? You got to check your intellect at the door, check thinking at the door that you can't think to be a Christian. You got to remove your mind to be a Christian. False. You've got to renew your mind to be a Christian. You've got to engage your mind. You've got to think. You've got to engage your intellect. The, the opposite is true. There's this call to consistently and continually engage and renew your mind by God's word. Now, renewing your mind involves changing your beliefs, changing your logic, rerouting your rationale, changing the patterns and processes of your thinking. Hey, if the scriptures you are reading always approve of your behavior, read some different scriptures. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, telling us stuff we don't know, for reproof, showing us what's wrong, for correction, showing us what's right, and for training in righteousness, working us like an athlete until we get it right, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It kind of sounds like this thing should be changing us. Kind of sounds like this word should be pressing on us, that this word should be cutting us to our heart, that this word should be rewiring our mind, that when we read it, we should not be staying the same. It should be training us, teaching us, correcting us in righteousness, rebuking us, reproofing us, renewing us. You see, when I read the Bible, it renews how I see everything. When I read the scriptures, it renews how I see people. I see people in a renewed way. When I read the Bible, it renews how I see problems. I see problems in a renewed way. The scriptures change your mind. It gives you a new mind so that no longer you see people how you used to see people before. When I read the scriptures, I see that the greatest become the least and that the least become the greatest. Now, I see that every problem, every setback is actually a setup for a comeback. I see every opportunity, every suffering as as an opportunity to give God glory. Every trial as a test, it changes how you see things. It gives you this renewed sense of seeing. A life that is set on the scriptures helps you see life the way that you were meant to see it. And this was the rhythm of Jesus. You know that the rhythm of Jesus was to reset like on the regular, right? Like Jesus had this habitual pattern of resetting his factory. Look at Luke chapter five, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Time with his father on his face was foundational for Jesus. Yeah, it is so lost on us. Mark 1 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 6, 12 through 13, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. All through the night, Matthew 14, 13, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Matthew 14, 23, after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was still there alone. Mark 14, 26, when Jesus and his disciples had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This was Jesus' usual place to pray when he was in Jerusalem. Jesus had a mindset to reset. He resets in the morning, and he resets in the evening, and he resets when he gets good news, and he resets when he gets bad news. He never gets too high, and he never gets too low because he's always resetting, always rewiring his mind to see it through the filter of God's word and God's presence and God's promises. Jesus' mindset is to consistently reset. Why? 
He doesn't want his circumstances to determine his destiny. He doesn't want his circumstances to determine his delight. He doesn't want what's happening to determine how he's seeing. He wants God's word to be the filter through which he sees. This is so absent from many of our lives. Intentionally breaking out of the prison and the rhythm that the world tries to put us in. We live hostage to nine to five little prisons when all Jesus wants to do is to intentionally interrupt and disrupt our normal ways of doing things, pause our thinking and renew our mind. You ever forget to cancel something before it renews? Ever forget to cancel something before it news? Everybody's done it. You had this plan where you said, you know, I'm just going to do the like one week, one month free trial, and then I'm going to cancel, right? But what happens? A month goes by, you forget to cancel, it renews, and it costs you. Did you know that there are services and subscriptions now to cancel your services and subscriptions? It's such a big game, right? It costs us so much money. Did you know that the opposite is true with your thinking? If you don't intentionally renew your mind, it doesn't renew, and that's what costs you. You fall into thought patterns, into worldly rhythms, worldly ways of thinking that keeps you from getting to the destiny that God has for your life. You and I need to set up some automatic payments to renew our mind. We need to auto-subscribe, resetting our souls. You need to build it in, guarantee it happens, because if you don't make a consistent commitment to stay connected to Christ, then you'll just conform to the ways of this world. Conformity is your default setting. I don't know if you know or not, but um, on 10-4-2020, we are launching our second campus, Elevate City Church. Can we make some noise? Come on with it. We are pumped. We are excited. And um, one of the things that we have done, um, the team and I, in preparation for 10-4 is every day from 10-40 to 11 o'clock, we pause, we stop, we reset. We reset our minds so that our faith can get reset, so that our perspective can get reset. It, it, it happens like clockwork. It's programmed on my phone. An alarm goes off every day at 1040. And from 1040 to 11 o'clock, I get up, I walk out, I walk around, I pray, I read God's word, I clear my mind, I stop working on a sermon. I, I focus, I reset my mind. It is built in. Listen, I don't know if you can imagine or not, but um, launching a new location in the middle of a pandemic is pretty stressful, okay? It has been a roller coaster. It has been yes, no, stop, start, go, no, hold on, maybe. Like, it's just been wild. I cannot tell you how many times I have walked into 1040 defeated, frustrated, beat down, maxed out, tapped out, but come out at 11 o'clock confident, full of faith, full of belief, fresh wind, fresh fire, believing that God's not done yet. It resets my soul so much so that I might keep 1040 to 11 o'clock as a designed disruption for the rest of my life. You need some design disruptions in your life. Psalm chapter one, verse one says this, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. Blessed, happy, 
Transformed is the man who does not go with the flow, who does not sit in, stand on, conform to the ways of this world, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who on it meditates day and night. Day and night, consistency. There, there is no muscle that I have to work out like my mind. There is no muscle that I have to work out like my mind. It's not an everyday thing, it's an hourly thing. I'm always rearranging my thoughts. I'm always resetting my mind. I'm always renewing how I see. I'm always taking the, the worries that I have and laying them against the word of God. I've got to do it all the time. I've got to take the thoughts that just have a way of invading my mind and place them before God and going, hey, is, is this right? Is this good? I've got to work this thing out. Because if I don't, I'm going to have these actions that aren't connected to my intentions. I'm going to have priorities that have no rooting in eternity. And you are too. You've got to always consistently and constantly be renewing your mind. You see, many of us, we treat the Bible like a breakfast bar then wonder why our souls are starving. We treat the Bible like a little breakfast bar that we just kind of nibble on in the morning and then we wonder why our souls are starving. We treat time in God's presence as like a little pick-me-up and then wonder why our minds just keep racing. When did we start believing that a chapter a day was going to keep the doubts away? Like what kind of weird Sunday school subscription did we subscribe to that said if I read a chapter of, uh, of the Bible a day, then all my doubts, all my fears, all my insecurity, all the lies that I'm constantly taking in from Netflix and from the news and from the media and from social media, all of those are going to evaporate with a chapter a day. It's going to keep the doubts away. Where do we get off thinking that? We live in this world that has embraced and adopted this mindset of binging. We love to binge. Binge a Netflix episode series real quick, right? It's actually kind of weird if you sit down and watch one episode. Like you watch one episode, like what's wrong with you, right? I tell my wife sometimes, what one episode and then bed. She's like, are you sick? Like, did you get Rona? Like what happened? Binging is just so natural in our culture. When's the last time that you just binged on the word of God? We will devour a Netflix series. When's the last time you were like, nah, like I can't just do one chapter. I gotta do two Three, four, just keep on going. Whole book, I'm doing it right now, today. This is living, this is active. It's, it's inspiring my soul. It's feeding my heart. It's changing my mind. And we need some people who start to binge the scriptures. When you scroll through this phone, just scroll, right? You just open up the app, scroll, 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 scroll. This is what we're doing, right? Refresh, scroll, scroll. Scroll. When you're scrolling through this more than you're scrolling through this, you can guarantee you're being more conformed than transformed. When this is louder than this is, when this is more consistent than this is, you are going to be more conformed than transformed. You gotta get out of the world and you gotta start getting into the word. And once you're in the word, please go back into the world. Go back in armed. Go back in prepared. Go after go back with truth in your arsenal but if you are focusing on this world you've got to know you're going to be more conformed than transformed that's why you're going to be anxious like the world's anxious angry like the world's angry divided like the world's divided you want to not feel those emotions let the word grow you not the world matthew 22 matthew 22 37 through 38 i want to ask you this question before we read the scripture what do you think about most what 
do you think about most? Is it your kids? Is it your bank account? Is it your job? Social media? What do you think about most? What about second most? What about third most? Where is God on the list of what occupies your mind the most? It's an important question because in Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 38, Jesus tells us what the greatest commandment is. And Jesus says that the greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. If God looked into your mind, how loved by you would he feel? What do your thoughts say about the significance of your Savior? Do you think that it's possible that the reason that we don't love God with our lives is because we don't love him with our minds first? Spiritual depth and scriptural discipline cannot be disconnected. You cannot be obedient to what you do not know, and you cannot love who you do not know. Until you allow the word of God to paint a picture for you of God's character, of who he is and what he's done, until it informs you and renews you and it transforms you, you're never going to be able to love him. I, I love right before that passage of scripture from 2 Timothy that I quoted earlier that everybody talks about when they talk about the Bible. Um, it says, Paul says to Timothy, how you've known from infancy the scriptures which make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You won't know the love of Jesus. You won't know the person of Jesus. You won't know the salvation that is available to you in Jesus without this word. Thinking about God is the most important thing that you can do. Your mind is like a garden and what you feed is going to grow and what you starve is going to die. Feed your mind the greatness of God. Feed your mind the glory of God. Feed your mind the power of God, the deep things of God, the promises of God. Preach the gospel to yourself every single day. Get a reading plan. Put a timers on your phone. Test your worldview against the word. Memorize scripture over and over and over again. Fill yourself up with the word of God until you get a renewed mind that starts to doubt your doubts. How awesome would it be if your default was to doubt your doubts? If those lies that came in if you didn't just let them land, but if you had so many promises that the promises of God that have saturated your mind started to push out the lies when they came in. What if the promises of God were powerful enough to push out the lies of the enemy? What if your mind was so set on the word of God that you stopped believing that the greatest indicator of your future was your past and not your faith? What if you started believing that the truest thing about you isn't what the world says that you are or who you think that you are, but who he says that you are? What if you started to believe that you are not the sum of all of your mistakes, that you are not worthless, but that you were bought with a price, that your life doesn't have a lack of meaning, but that he has numbered your days? What if you knew the promises of God that were so rooted in scripture that they could rewrite how you see? 
One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter two, I wanna close with this today. Philippians chapter two, verse five says this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. The mind of Jesus was so set on the things of God that it led him to action. That action caused him to leave behind heaven, purchasing purchasing for us salvation, which now ends in his name being elevated forevermore. It all started with a thought. It all started with Jesus thinking that it would be worth it for him to leave behind his glory, for him to leave behind his majesty, for him to not consider his greatness, but for him to empty himself for the sake of his creation. It all started with a thought. We're not here without the thought of God being fixated on the things of God and loving his creation enough to leave heaven behind. This transformative thinking, it's got to have its basis in gospel believing. Until you know the depth of the gospel, until you know what has happened for you in the gospel, until you know what Jesus has purchased for you with his life on the cross, you're never going to be able to see this thing rightly. Do you know what Jesus thinks about you? He thinks that you are worth laying down his life for. He thinks that you are his son and his daughter. He thinks that you're the object of his affection, the apple of his eye, the crown of his creation, fearfully and wonderfully made. He's planned out the days of your life. He's got a plan for you that's bigger than you could have imagined. He says that the church, you and I, are the expression of the manifold wisdom of God. We are are what all of the angels are looking in on. That's crazy what God thinks about you. And until you know what God thinks about you, You're never gonna be able to change how you think about yourself. You're never gonna be able to change those broken thought patterns until you stop stop going to broken cisterns to try to fill you up. Stop going to broken people in a broken world who've got broken identities themselves to try to tell you who you are and how you should think. Start going to the Word of God, perfect, complete, lacking nothing for you to renew your mind and transform your life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the gift of this time and for the gift of your word. And I just pray that there would be some people today who've heard this message who are tired. They are tired of believing broken things. They're tired of just going with the flow. They're tired of letting the bugs and the glitches of their life control them. God, I pray that there would be some people who wanna see something new happen today, who are ready to surrender today, who are ready to dive in, jump into your word so that their minds can be renewed. God, I pray that you'd give us a passion for your word, that we would be a church that builds our lives on the truth of your word, that we believe that the, that, that the blood of the lamb and that the word of the testimony is what we need to overcome. God, let your word be sweet to us so that sin can become bitter to us. Let your word frame how we see people. Let it frame how we see success. 
Let it frame how we see our lives. Let your word be the truest thing about us. I pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said.